0: That's joinmidi.com.
1: Welcome to the Danny Klinkscale, reasonably irreverent podcast. Insightful and witty commentary, probing interviews, and detours from the beaten path.
2: Yes, indeed, there will be a second and beyond for Thirsty Thursdays, Sense and Nonsense. It's just two guys hanging out, having some cold ones, having a cocktail, whatever we decide to do, talking about some sports, talking about some music, talking about some goofy things. Two guys of slightly different generations with somewhat similar mindsets, but enough that we disagree about to make it lively. And also, as we've said before, each of us thinks quite highly of our own opinions, and when you get two guys with who think they're the smartest person in the room in the same room, well, bullets can fly. Bullets can fly. We'll do a little Don Shula, the fabulous coach of the Miami Dolphins, known to many probably just as an owner of steakhouses, and he passed away <laughs> at a ripe old age of 90, had a good long run of it and the champagne toast next year when the final team loses unless the chiefs run the table will be a toast not only to that team losing but to don shula as well so we've got a lot of things on tap and of course we will take some side diversions no doubt thirsty thursday sense and nonsense it comes your way next My friends at Advanced Sports and Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture are among the most accomplished and trusted clinics in the nation. Only one clinic has been rated in the top five in all three categories of chiropractic care, acupuncture, and rehabilitation, and that clinic is ASFCA. They have locations in Olathe, Overland Park, Prairie Village, Belton, and Lee Summit. Doctors Brad and Christina Woodle and their accomplished team of doctors and therapists will treat you like family for the simplest of injuries to the most complicated conditions to avoid surgery. Whether you are seeking treatment for an injury or just looking to stay healthy and fit, this is the place for you. And it's been the place for me for almost two years now. I have been a strenuous daily exerciser for years, and as time goes on, that takes its toll, but regular appointments at Advanced Sports and Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture have helped keep me ticking on, and even as the years pile up, their regular care has allowed me to keep to my regimen and feel great. If you want to feel the same, give them a call or visit them at asfca.com Danny. They accept all insurances and are open Monday through Saturday, and make sure to mention that Danny Klinkscale recommended Advanced Sports and Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture.
1: For many people... A family law case will be one of the most difficult experiences in their life. The law firm of Kenneth McRae will help you through it. Personal and effective help from Ken in concert with you will develop a unique strategy for your unique case. As Ken always says, divorce can be civil law, not civil war. Licensed in Kansas? Visit McRaeLawOffice.com or call 913-972-4765.
3: Hey
0: everyone, this is Matt Llewellyn from 23rd Street Brewery, wishing you well while you stay safe during this time of uncertainty. Due to the recent news, you won't be able to get the same in-restaurant experience at the 23rd Street Brewery that you've come to expect over the past 16 years. But you can get the same delicious items prepared with the highest level of staff cleanliness available for carryout and delivery through our partners Eat Street. You can also still enjoy our craft beers and crawlers for to-go service. So remember, stay safe and together we will all get through this time of uncertainty.
1: If you'd like to join these and other great sponsors and market your business to a growing and engaged audience, contact us at danny at dannyclinkscale.com.
3: Look forward to hearing from you. Well, we're back and I'm here too, Danny.
2: That's right. I let you out of the cage. I get to
3: talk as well. This is Joe here with the fact check on the last episode and I've got multiple.
2: Well, it's the first episode and it was the last episode and it wasn't (laughs) your last episode. (laughs) <laughs> which is a, which is a really an interesting phrase that is used in the radio business. They'll usually, if they fire you, they'll come on in on a, you'll, they'll call you in on a Friday generally because they don't want you to go on the air never knowing you're not fired. And I'm, I, luckily I've only been fired a handful of times in radio, say, you which know is pretty good, about this. pretty good. But, uh, they'll say they the joke is they'll say, Danny, I want to talk to you about your last show. <laughs> And it was your last show, <laughs> so we've had our first show. It's not our last show, but it was the last show we did. Huzzah! So there Absolutely,
3: you go. it doesn't carry the same uh, cachet. Uh, yeah, it doesn't carry the same uh, trauma that it carries for you. Okay, so a couple of things from the last episode. So fish and chips, I told you, was not was not um, uh, you know native to England. And that's true. It was brought in by Jewish immigrants from Holland in the 1860s. So ding, 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 I went on that. I looked up your long diatribe of Kareem stats, and um, they're basically accurate, and that's about all I'm going to go on that. Um, So, oh, low German. I was a little worried that (laughs) low German was a thing you're not supposed to say. It turns out it's just... um, it's just a, a, a language from a certain region in Germany, right? Okay. And it comes Somebody from... Somebody speaks Low
2: German. Exactly. Yeah, uh, so but no it's problem. it's not like Pigeon English or...
3: No, no. It's just, uh, it's like a mix between Old English and Old German, I guess. Uh, so... Okay. Yeah, you know, whatever. Super interesting, I'm sure. Uh, shawarma is lamb roasted on a spigot. So ding, ding, ding. Oh, and this was my favorite, Danny. I've been yes. waiting two weeks for this. An epidemiologist <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> is indeed uh, uh, a physician that studies patterns and frequency of disease in human populations. So
2: yeah, I, I, I quickly knew that. I, I didn't need that fat. <laughs> I don't know what gets stuck, stuck in my head that it was something to do with skin, but uh, Well, I, to I, be at fair, least, I realized it before.
3: To be fair, I was wrong about Alaska. According to the Anchorage Daily News. It is illegal to carry guns while intoxicated. And that is from November 27th of
2: 2017. Well, I heard the other day that it is legal to carry a firearm into the state capital of Minnesota.
3: <laughs> well, they got gophers and, you know, the, everywhere. The, the, you know?
2: the further we stay away from guns on this little thing, the better <laughs> off I'm going to be.
3: Yeah, okay? I think so. I think yeah. that's probably a good idea.
2: That's definitely a good idea. So
3: moose attack more people than bears and wolves combined.
2: Wow. Right? That doesn't sound good, I'll say that. No. It
3: would not be fun to encounter a moose. Friendly um, old
2: Bullwinkle is really yeah. he's dangerous. He's a bad man.
3: Oh yeah, he's gonna take Rocky out. Here's here's the deal, Danny. We were both wrong on mayonnaise.
2: It's not made with eggs?
3: According to an NBC article on June 29, 2016, it does not need to be refrigerated, much like ketchup and mustard, but it will last longer if it is.
2: So you can just leave it out on your table like your roommate did. And
3: here's the funny part about it.
2: You know, the thing is, though, when you, <laughs> when you see like a mayonnaise, you know, a, a, some mayonnaise that you leave on a plate or something, it, it turns kind of brown and crusty. But then yeah. again, so does mustard, so I guess that doesn't really Yeah,
3: matter. and so here's the deal. You know how I told you he'd put it in a
2: ketchup bottle right.
3: with a top and a squeezer on it? It turns out if you put it utensils in it, it contaminates it, then it goes bad. If you put it in a squeeze bottle, it stays good for longer. So
2: not only he was he ahead disgusting, of his time because was... now they do have they do have squeezed bottles of mayonnaise <laughs> was... like you see at Quick Trip.
3: Guy could have been rich. Um, so last the last thing. We talked a little bit about my time at KU and KU football. So it was pre-Mangino, okay? Well, we, I knew a, we knew that. I did a lot of work on trying to look up the uh, attendance of the 2001 homecoming, and it was not published.
2: Well, until even until pretty recently, they... Used to estimate the attendance at Kansas games. I mean, it would always be like a round figure. I mean, this is this is this is not ancient history. I'm talking like up to because you know they didn't draw a good crowd, so I don't think they really wanted. You know, they were, didn't want to actually have a real ticket count, and so it, they would always say like thirty-two-five. <laughs> and and I'm not. I'm, I think into the two thousands easily this was done. Well, so I'm not surprised you couldn't find out that fact.
3: Well, you had brought up Tony sands and um, you were a little bit off on that he was there 88 to 91 well, so that's, that's a little bit about off about a decade off although he was very impressive
2: 3777
3: yards on 777 carries
2: well that's the, this is the span of time when I did not live in this area <laughs> I went back back east in 1983 after college graduation and I returned here in 1994 Four, four or five.
3: So we played Oklahoma on that uh, homecoming, and we lost <laughs> thirty-eight to ten um, in the midst of a three-and-eight season. And the head coach lost his job after losing to Nebraska the next week, seven to fifty-one, <laughs> thus ushering in the the Mark Mangino so era.
2: So that was Terry Allen, right? Yeah, I played golf with Terry Allen once. Oh, really? In an event, yes. Very nice man, wonderful guy. And uh, was he the current coach when you? He was. It was a you know it was a fundraiser before the year a scholarship fundraiser or something like that, and I was a celebrity of sorts. So, yes, I played with him. Uh, he's very
3: important. Yeah,
2: he. Uh, my favorite KU football bad story is when I was in school. Well, I was in school a long time, as we talked about last <laughs> time. When I was first in school, we would always get beaten by Nebraska and Oklahoma both. But we usually put up a fight against Oklahoma and, in fact, beat them one time in in, uh, 1975, I believe it was, 74, 75, somewhere around there. Uh, I had a blind date that night, so I didn't go out with all my friends and party because I had this blind date. Went nowhere. I should have gone out and got drunk, really. (laughs) (laughs) Missed that celebration. But, But we'd get trampled by Nebraska every time. And I remember this one time, it got to be thirty-five, Dick, uh, <laughs> and I said, that, <laughs> "That's that's that's enough." Uh, so I'm 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 out, and so I start walking out. It's thirty-five to nothing. It's maybe early fourth quarter, late third quarter, whatever. And as I'm exiting the stadium, PA announcer, touchdown, Nebraska. <laughs> 42 to nothing. Make it halfway up the Campanile Hill. Touchdown, Nebraska! By the time I got out of earshot of the PA announcer, it was 56 to nothing. Oh. I think the final might have been 63 to nothing. And I think in that game, the third-string running back went, went for 200 yards. <laughs> <laughs> Just I mean, that stuff would happen all the time against Nebraska, but... Some for some reason the games were more competitive against.
3: Oklahoma. Well, I was at a game one time, the first game that we beat Nebraska at Memorial. I don't remember what year this is. I might have been out of school, and these Nebraska
2: fans came flooding
3: out of the stadium.
2: Oh, it used to be. It used to look like a Nebraska home game. Oh, it
3: was, and they just started slashing tires all the way down the street. I mean, it was just like a crime wave. They were just. <laughs> they couldn't even. They couldn't fathom. Having lost to the Jayhawks in Lawrence, oh, it was awful. Speaking of football, Don Shula, we lost Don Shula this week. Right. Right. Um, he was 90? 90. 90, so three, four years younger than you. Um,
2: <laughs> Just a, couple, a handful of years older than me.
3: <laughs> so, uh, fantastic chin Don Shula had.
2: That's right.
3: Right. And went to Super Bowl with three different quarterbacks right
2: oh for sure well he won one he won you know what championship in baltimore too so oh really yeah yeah he was yeah he was a baltimore colts championship coach yeah and then right he he had a quarterback uh, well bob greasy was his quarterback twice but i think somebody was hurt one time so he won with a backup quarterback yeah i mean he i mean they didn't play the sexiest football in the world i mean Bob Greasy threw nine passes, I think, in the one super eight maybe. Through eight. Oh wow in one of the games they won in the Super Bowl.
3: This is far before my time here, so I wanted to get your thoughts on this or see if you had any. Well, I do I
2: I do have a my one of my I was a Cowboys fan at the time. Big Cowboys fan until up in
3: the northeast makes perfect sense.
2: Yeah, I, well, I'm an Astros fan too. So, and, and I never set foot in Texas until well into my adulthood. So, the, should we talk about
3: guns now? Is no, you're such a Texas guy. No, no,
2: <laughs> no, we shouldn't. But actually, my my probably my best memory is of the Cowboys beating Don Shula's Dolphins in the Super Bowl right before the undefeated season, which they kind of used as fuel for uh, that next season. The previous year, the Cowboys had lost to the Colts in what was routinely called the Blunder Bowl. I think there were nine turnovers in the game, maybe more. Oh, wow. And the Cowboys' defense played great, and offense was awful, and the game ended with you know, on a last-second field goal by Jim O'Brien, a straight-on kicker, by the way, kicked a 33-yard field goal, and, and Cowboy defenders, you know, their offense had just killed them in the game. I think the final score was 16 to 13, I believe. And it was, the game was a mess. And Bob Lilly, who was really kind of a mild-mannered man for a, a defensive player, like threw his helmet like 500 feet in the air, and <laughs> it was bad. So anyway, the next year, the Cowboys made the Super Bowl again. Um, and we were supposed to, as a family, go to Grandma's house that day. I was very young at this point. And I feigned sickness so that I could watch the Cowboys oh, play in the Super Bowl in wow. the solitude of my own home, not have to maybe miss because it was dinner time or that the pie was on the table or whatever.
3: Is this who's the quarterback here? Stabler. Uh, no, no. Stable
2: was the Raiders' quarterback. Sorry, the Cowboys. What's his name? It, well, when they lost the Super Bowl, the bad one, Craig Morton played quarterback, and no, then when they won, the Roger Tra- Staubach. Yes, yeah, Staubach.
3: That's what I'm thinking. It was about. a fabulous quarterback. Oh, my mom used to go on and on about Roger Staubach. Well, he oh. was a
2: great quarterback to watch. There's no question about that. He ran around a lot and was kind of more of a modern quarterback. And he was famous for the, you know, two-minute drills and winning games at the end. And the thing reason was he, he was a very modern football player and thought process with Tom Landry because they would, it was much like watching maybe Patrick Mahomes play because not that he was Patrick Mahomes. Easy. But on the first play of the drive, you know, they'd be like first and 10 at the 20 or whatever. They almost seemingly always had a, like a, 27 yards square out to Drew Pearson to start the drive. And then it was sort of easy pickings from there. So he was a great player. Because this
3: is three three snaps in the cloud of dust football. Like, they are not, well, they don't see the pass yeah. coming on first down.
2: No, not really. The Cowboys were a pretty uh, modern football team. They Tom Landry was kind of an offensive genius type of guy. And I, it was one reason I liked the Chiefs when I was young, too, because the Chiefs did a lot of the same things that the Cowboys did. They the The offensive lineman half set, and then they rose up. You may have seen old film of that of the Chiefs. Hank Stram, I think, pretty much stole that from Tom Landry. But anyway, they both played kind of modernish football, even if they you know didn't throw the ball around like they did today. So I, I was kind of a Chiefs fan. You know, the Chiefs were my AFC team because I'd watched them from the you know the east, and the stadium looked cool. George Toma did the field. So I mean, it was. I it just was have really one. Cool.
3: I have one question about all of this. Yes.
2: What does this have to do with Don Shula?
3: Because we beat his ass. <laughs> well, Don Shula was famous for being a coach of the dolphins, you know, and dolphins are very smart animals.
2: Oh, so what is this going to happen to do with Don <laughs> Shula?
3: What, you know, you're a dog lover, right? Yes, very much. Right? You love your dogs. I love my dog.
2: Sitting right here.
3: Sitting right here, smiling at me with his ball, wanting me to throw it, but my my question was, what, what, do you, what is your favorite animal? What do you think is the smartest animal, and why? Mm.
2: I'm, this is, you know, I don't muse about this very much. I like dog. Well, I'll, I'll, get with, I'll go in this direction. Cats seem like maybe they're smarter than dogs, but I don't like cats much. <laughs> I, I like dogs a lot. You know, if I, if I lived by myself, I probably wouldn't have a dog. Necessarily, but I like them, and I, I like having them around. And we have two dogs, and one of them's kind of pain in the neck, but the the other, the other, the corgi's wonderful. I probably just have to, you know, go with the science and say the dolphins are the smartest. Ones dolphins are, are very smart. They're right? supposed to be smart. Cats are extremely. They seem. Smart because they're so aloof.
3: Yeah, the best part about a cat is they don't give—they don't give a shit
2: exactly what you
3: think. No. They're gonna come in here. They're gonna walk on your keyboard. They're gonna knock your shit One over. One of the
2: greatest things in the history of great things is the Dogs and Cats Routine by George Carlin, which is <laughs> and is his very first Carlin at Carnegie special. You can Google it; it's there. It's one of, and if you like, have any affection for either dogs or cats, or don't like either dogs or cats, it's one among the funniest things. Oh, it's great you, you will ever see.
3: You know, elephants are very smart. You know, really, they, well, they, they say mourn that. their dead. Have oh, you seen really? This? Yeah, they yeah, have yeah. I think I have seen that. They walk around, you know, and they cry, and they. You know, whales are smart. Dolphins are smart.
2: So, do these? Do, are these one of the animals? Do they actually shed tears? That, that's always an argument Ooh. as to whether, you know certain animals can actually have tears. Yeah, I don't like, know. Like I, alligator tears is a phrase, but do they actually?
3: I don't. I don't know that alligators cry. I, I I think that the smartest hu the smartest animals are human. That's that's my thing. Well, like we're yes, the smartest. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, you're, you you agree with Because there's some animal lovers out there that'll tell you, "Oh no, these dolphins, <laughs> these dolphins, these dolphins are out here." You know, dolphins are I mean, one they're of they're
2: so smart let them learn English and tell us how smart they are <laughs> wouldn't I mean come on if they're that smart what are they, are they just be in aloof I mean could
3: they learn another language? Like, could they speak Italian would that work too? that would be fine that'd sure. be okay it's a yeah, beautiful yeah. language right lovely
2: yeah it's it, just a human language so we can you know they can tell us how smart they well, are perhaps but, if we were okay, so smart we would
3: learn dolphin
2: well we 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 deign not to <laughs> no some people actually I, I think they do sort of try to Oh yeah, read the language of the dolphin.
3: Oh, we could go down that road. There is a lot of people who do a lot of things with dolphins, but before we start talking about that, yes, it might be time for a break.
2: Already, already. Okay, all <laughs> it's right. Time Wait. for well, a, well a it's time for here. a be- time for a beer. That's why you, <laughs> that's why you want to do that. I am not agreeing. I am down to you know the backwash here. So <laughs> yeah, let's take a time out and come back and see where where this leads, and we won't be shedding alligator tears during the break
1: more of danny's reasonably irreverent podcast after this
2: cinematic visions has been an affordable solution for professional media production in kansas city since 2003 Offering award winning video production and creation, as well as a wide array of digital and social media management services. From planning, scripting, filming, editing, and post production to delivering your product to a watching world, Cinematic Visions will provide professional and affordable services for you and your business with the necessary return on investment to make it all worthwhile. Cinematic Visions' goal is to unlock the power of storytelling through video and a strong online presence for your company. Beyond the numbers, they want to inspire and evoke your clients to feel and act let my friends at cinematic visions embed your brand where it belongs in your customers minds you can find them online at cinematicvisions.com or with a quick phone call at 816-600-6300 we're visiting with larry marshall former chiefs defensive back and punt returner and now a chiefs ambassador larry is a former pro football player with the aches and pains that come with that and moving on in age as we all are what did the Canaway CBD products do for you? It's been a great relief for me being a uh, punt and kickoff returner. Collisions were a uh, mainstay of my career, and these uh, Canaway products, the salve especially, has really helped me try to get through every day with the aches and pains that I've had over a career of uh, seven-plus years in the NFL. I get similar benefits as well, particularly with my back. Certainly wasn't a football player. What's the best way for our listeners to get more information about the great products themselves? Well, I'm so enthused about it, Dana. If they just contacted me at Marshall.canaway.com and I can give them all the information they need to uh, help them get through the day as well. Start gaining all the benefits that Larry and I do from the trusted and reliable line of Canaway products. As Larry said, visit larrymarshall.cannaway.com and get information on all the great products from Cannaway. If you'd like to join these and other great sponsors and market your business to a growing and engaged audience, contact us at Danny at DannyClinkscale.com. Look forward to hearing from you. We are back. Equal opportunity. Joe starts segment one. I start segment two. I open the broadcast so you're not confused. Listening to <laughs> podcasts that usually start with me. So uh, it's Thirsty Thursday. N- sense and nonsense. Got a plenty, refill here. Plenty of both. What do, you, what do you got there? You got something with ice in it this time.
3: Uh, yeah, it's a uh, uh, delicious grapefruit rattler. There you go. Over ice. Over ice? Maybe, that, maybe that, a an splash old, of...
2: Oh, uh... splash of something. And I was going to say you could drink that all day, and then there had to be a splash of, Yeah, there would be no point of... Uh... You know, I did, a, I did a horrendous thing for my, one of my good friends from college. I introduced him to... Heroin. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> I went through a period where I would put my beer over ice. I golfed with a guy that did this. And it was kind of based on the fact that it was, you know, I was drinking not the greatest beer in the world, so I wanted to be super super ice cold. And also, I had this gigantic mug, like a 32-ounce mug. So we put the ice in it and whatever, and you you had a nice tasty beer for a while. Anyway, this guy who's a good friend of mine to to this day, just saw him at a virtual cocktail party the other day, and... He does. He still does it to this day, and to me now, it's it's abhorrent. You know, I mean, because I will take a fine lager, as I have right now, and put and, it in the microwave, and, and uh, I would not besmirch <laughs> it with some ice. Now he's he's really not you know a big beer drinker, and he, he he's having a Bud Light over ice. So I mean, it's almost like water yeah. really. But I ever I give him crap about it every time. Well, every time because I'm like, come on now, we and used- it's my fault. I, I started it. There used to be a fine establishment
3: down the down the road from the shop, uh, from our work, called the Hitchin Post. Now, I can say this now, because they are no longer open for business. And, and
2: not because of the corona. No,
3: no, this is... Uh,
2: Pre, pre-corona.
3: I could tell some serious stories about why they're not in business anymore, but you'd be... <laughs>
2: The upshot is they're not in business. They're not the in old hitching post. But it was is great. Not there.
3: It was like a couple trailer houses stuck together and they had a deck and you'd go out on this deck and you'd order a pitcher of beer and it would start to get warm or whatever. And they would come out with a ziploc bag of ice and they would unceremoniously, without asking, drop it into your pitcher of beer.
2: Really? And it's like how D- did they did they Empty the ice into it, or did they drop the bag? And dropped the whole bag in there. Well, that's
3: better. I mean, assuming the cleanliness of the bag is not, a but good at question. least they're
2: not diluting the beer.
3: They're not diluting the beer, but like you got to understand the place we're talking about here. Like health standards, be damned. Like <laughs> how clean can this Ziploc bag be?
2: I'd say if you had entered the old Hitchin Post, you <laughs> ought to not worry about said things. <laughs>
3: That's right. You
2: could have gone somewhere else. You it's could have true. gone to some fancy schmancy. You know, but it was on the way home, so. Sure.
3: Yeah, uh, you know, I golfed do you with ever, a guy. you ever,
2: are you like a tomato beer man? Did you oh. ever do that? See, my uh, grandpa was a tomato beer guy. I'm not, I'm not a tomato.
3: Really? Beer I thought you were going to go yes no, on that. No,
2: no, I oh. used to go to. Man of your age. What's the guy, the bar on Mass Street that's famous for the tomato beer? Still lasts, to this day. Ah, the harbor the harbor lights harbor lights yeah Yeah, we used to get still open. bowls of beer there and yeah. and a lot of people used to drink the tomato beer there but i never i never went for it I, I see it at the store still they have the clamato clamato yeah clamato which sounds uh you say clamato i say, I say clamato. clamato
3: i you know here's the thing i love tomatoes I'm a big fan of ketchup you know you i get a frown there not a big fan of ketchup oh see I, I'm not one of those guys that eats it on everything, you know, and if you put... Like Pat Mahomes? Yeah, you know, but if you put ketchup on my steak that I cook you, oh, then you can just get the... out of my house. <laughs> oh, I, okay? I'm, I'm with get you there. Get out of here. I worked hard on that, and it is delicious, and it does not require ketchup uh, anyway.
2: Well, I, I think it's... Isn't it, like, sort of borderline offensive even to put steak sauce on a good steak? Correct. Correct, correct. I would, I would say so. So <clears throat> you've been around when I've
3: been running the grill. And I have. It is, you know, it's an operation. I put a lot into this.
2: Well, yeah, and you were the, the one, I've seen you operate the grill once, and you were not happy with the the outcome of the steaks no, that No, I was not happy with it,
3: and it was still better than the best steak you can buy at a restaurant <laughs> in this town. So don't put ketchup on my daggum steak. So, but anyway, back to tomato-based products. I'm a fan of chili, I'm a fan of ketchup, I'm a fan of tomato soup, good tomato soup. Tomato juice, get out of here with that, it's gross. I can't drink Bloody Marys, I can't have tomato beer, I don't know what it is. It's just gross.
2: Bloody Marys seem to, you know, they seem to be sort of one of those things that if you have like the greatest Bloody Mary ever made, it's wonderful. And then you go back and you and you have another one. And you're like, "What was I thinking?" <laughs> and I think it's maybe whatever level of Tabasco or however people do it. And and the other part is that you know I'm not much of a drink your hangover away guy because <laughs> I was a runner forever and I ran first thing. So you're that more took, of a run t-
3: your hangover away yeah, kind of guy. Yeah,
2: that took a, You know, the first mile might suck. Yeah. But after that, you were, you were fine. Can I ask you
3: a personal question about being a run-your-hangover-off kind of guy? Right. How many times did you crap your pants
2: running your hangover all day? Eh? Uh, I never crapped my pants. <laughs> I did, in the, the dark at 4.30 in the morning one time, crap in a snowbank. <laughs> I did do that.
3: Did you dig a hole first?
2: I think, it, yes. Yes. <laughs> But it was more like just a quick and quick to, relief. Just
3: to fire it out. Well, the water. thing is,
2: you always there was, there was this was an emergency situation. Normally, if you had to take a crap, you make sure you get that done before you go take a run. <laughs> well, you know, the I was up super early. My brother was coming to town that day. And Give we me were a location. Go, are are we you go in play? Kansas City here. No, we're in Utica, New York. Okay. And so we were going to go play golf right afterwards, and so I didn't have time to wait. To get the morning constitutional done. Moving, yeah. So I got and I ran a long way then. I was running like seven or eight seven or eight miles. And I got like four miles out and I was like, do or die. Now thank goodness it's like pitch dark and there's nobody out. So anyway, there's a snow there was a snowbank that was besmirched there for quite a while. Oh my gosh. So that Is this was this on it. a residential a, street? Yeah, yeah. But there's you know, it's four in the morning or earlier maybe. So it didn't didn't really matter. Just you and it, the it paper sounded boy. like you, you were asking the question like, you did this. Did what? That you crapped your pants?
3: Well, first of all, who hasn't crapped their pants? But second, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean George Brett, uh, et cetera. Uh, but no, no, I've never been a runner, Danny. I only run when I'm chased. And so, so you
2: said this as if you know this was a personal experience. I don't know why. Have you heard that? Oh, yeah, you've heard about people having to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a very famous story. Do you remember the marathoner Greta Vates?
3: Zero percent chance I remember that person.
2: She was like the greatest marathoner, maybe in the 80s, I think. And she won the New York City marathon multiple times.
3: This one they got in a car and drove. No, no she didn't
2: cheat. That was the Boston Marathon, and it was, I think, Rosie Ruiz was her name. Anyway, ooh la la with uh, the memory over here. <laughs> so my sister was is a, a runner and a very active person too, but she's an extremely funny person and and has uh, but her she has p- very particular personal hygiene. Anyway, Greta Waits is going for her you know whatever fourth straight New York City Marathon, and of like halfway through the marathon. It's it's on, <laughs> and she craps herself and just keeps running and just keeps running. It's running down her leg. I mean, isn't and there national, national television? Well, she's and she's winning, and my sister is horrified. But isn't
3: there like a chafing situation happening? Well, then?
2: I'm sure it's it was horrendous. But you know, she was a dedicated athlete, and my I said just quit. I, my sister's like oh. just quit. This is awful. This is horrendous. And I think I believe she won the race. Dedicated to the mud, butt. I, just. N- keep moving oh yeah not good oh, not good awful no
3: yeah i've got friends uh and family that have, are runners and uh they've told me some horror stories so yeah
2: that's about the only that it was just no, i've really never had much of a bad incident except for that one and that wasn't even bad because it was dark <laughs> <laughs> i've gone in the woods on the golf course before <laughs> that's happened you know just so happened that you were at the point furthest from the clubhouse, are, and I was a walker.
3: Are you wiping with your sock at this point, or what no? That would, ex- ex- <laughs> <laughs> that would be
2: ex underwear. That would be underwear in the woods <laughs> at that point.
3: Oh, you know, you know, Danny. I work in the service industry, and I'm yes. out and about all the time. Yes, so I have to uh, use public facilities a lot.
2: That doesn't sound ideal.
3: No, it stinks. And so...
2: <laughs> so to speak. Yeah.
3: So you got to find places. And I've found, if you're ever... I'm going to give away one of my big secrets here. Uh-oh. Okay. Sounds good. Put this in the vault. If you're ever in public and you got to go and I, you don't want to hit the gas station, okay, right? find a bank. A bank? Nobody craps at the bank, right?
2: Uh, that's a good... And, they ha- and every bank has has they do and sometimes they'll try to
3: tell you it's just for a customer and all you have to do is say i am a customer may i use your restroom first
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can always scratch a check or something, whip out some change then
3: you just leave and it's fine right so yeah um uh i've got a great story about uh, uh well
2: this is important information now although a lot of banks lobbies are closed because Right now, with the coronavirus, there are many places, first of all, you know, all the little restaurants are going to yep. be closed. The McDonald's can't go in, whatever. And, uh, you know, and other places are have just closed their bathrooms and, and are letting them be used. So, you know, maybe Danny, your average I, bank or car dealership.
3: I ate at a diner counter the other day. I sent you a picture of yes, my fish and yeah. chips that I was having. yeah. That was
2: in... I think it still says nice on my phone, and I didn't send it. <laughs> I believe I didn't press send.
3: It is. Uh, it was in Vassar, Kansas, maybe, or somewhere way that out. That sounds
2: right, because you. Uh, I saw you the other day when we were you were doing some... Oh, that's right. Yeah, I saw you the other day, and you said you were headed for Vassar.
3: Yeah, it was... Uh, I was pulling through town trying to find somewhere to eat. Everything's closed. And this diner is just... says. Open? Dining room open. Wow. So I got my phone out and I googled dining room open because I forgot what that meant because it's been so long since I sat in a (laughs) damn restaurant. And I went in and had some delicious fish and chips and it was great. It was their first day open.
2: Right. It was was a day you could reopen and, and, and if it was in a little town they probably could adhere to the less than 10 people.
3: Oh yeah, I was the only one in there. And then I just Covered myself in hand sanitizer when I got back out to the, out to the truck. So that was
2: great. Um, how did we get off? Of- so how was the small town fish and chips? Oh, you know, it was really good. Was it? It was really good. And they had the vinegar.
3: They had the, I asked first.
2: <laughs> would you have ordered fish and chips? I said, if- I
3: would not have. No, I said, Darlene, because her name was Darlene. No. It sure was. Couldn't have been. It sure was. I said, Darlene, Darlene do you have malt vinegar to go with this fish and chips? And she goes, I do. And I said, is your fish and chips any good? And she goes, well, honey, I don't like fish. (laughs) (laughs) But people say it's good. And I said, okay, sounds great. I'll have the fish and chips. Bring me some vinegar.
2: You know, it's just so routinely said, and I I just, it really kind of galls me when people just all flippantly just go, I don't like fish. Now, I get it from the standpoint that probably... Early in their life, they had some really crappy, fishy fish that grandma made or something. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you can have fish that has literally almost no flavor, you know, to the point where you got to put lemon on it or you have to put a good batter on it. Uh, I love swordfish, but you need to grill it and put some good spice on it because it's very, very mild whitefish. Like, maybe less flavor than chicken.
3: Yeah, the it's because of the smell. That's I you know?
2: I imagine that's true.
3: I go to that uh, Asian market downtown in the River Market and buy seafood, and my coworkers are like, "Oh, how can you go in there? It stinks!" So it smells like fish.
2: It smells delicious to me. Like, well, they all eat pork, and they <laughs> I don't think they want to go in the old pig pen. <laughs> but exactly. you don't have to. Sh- shop <laughs> at where the pigs are
3: yeah the uh, jimmy deans is in a uh plastic <laughs> case tube it's been processed yeah man uh fish is great oh.
2: yeah I, I but it's almost like you're sort of a, allowed the hall pass to just routinely say i don't like fish yeah
3: exactly and, and you're just, like, oh. and
2: you're, just mo- you're just supposed to move on and, and people are like oh you know, i don't, don't like beef
3: have you ever heard that? Oh, I don't. I don't care for beef. No, you can I hear, mean I don't I, like I don't, steak or I don't, I don't like eat, hamburger. I don't eat beef
2: or I don't like liver. But that doesn't mean I don't like the taste of it. I just stopped eating it because it was a health thing. It wasn't. It wasn't even philosophical. Yeah. So, but but no, there's nothing unseemly about the flavor. I'm just saying
3: nobody says I don't like beef. They say I don't like steak. I don't like hamburger. I don't like this or that. Right. They don't roll it all into beef, right? Right, Because fish is a pretty wide range. It's a a (laughs) wide-ranging thing, man. You're going from tilapia to, I mean, all the way up the scale, right? Right, Uh, exactly. And so, you know, yeah, you're right. You know what, Danny, you're right.
2: Damn you. You've made me more of a curmudgeon just now. You just can't say, oh, I don't like fish. (laughs) I mean, come on like like my what is it what is the food that my my father says he doesn't like oh he says he doesn't like chinese food oh okay i, I mean that's just absurd you know because there's, there's so much there's so many things <laughs> that are under the umbrella whether they should be or not yeah. of chinese food that for you to say that you could go into a Chinese restaurant and not find something you wanted to eat is, is almost like impossible.
3: Do you eat the fortune cookie?
2: You know, I used to like the fortune cookie, and I have fallen out of favor with the fortune. You I know, th- I don't. I think dis- they've
3: gotten worse.
2: I don't dislike the fortune cookie, but I just don't really eat it anymore.
3: You know, that's not a Chinese
2: thing, right? Uh, I'm, I'm sure of that
3: it was invented uh, it's by like a French fry, probably as much as. <laughs> It was invented by a Chinese restaurant in San Francisco, I believe, as a gimmick to get people to come in and try try Chinese food.
2: Are you going to fact check this? Of course I am. <laughs> that, sounds, just, that sounds right.
3: I'm just teeing myself up for a victory. Oh,
2: there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like that.
3: I like that. So, uh, yeah, Chinese food, that's another good thing that it's just a wide-ranging... Look, you can go all the way from fish to chicken to rice to vegetables...
2: Exactly. How can you say you different, don't like Chinese? Different kinds of sauce, different kinds of way to prepare the rice. Uh, you know, yeah, levels I mean, of spice. You know, I, I was talking about this the other day, uh, actually, in the segment with Saren Petro on WHB. I don't know, foresee a Chinese buffet being oh. open for a long, long. Oh my god! And, and what say a, that. and what a loss! Oh, I know. I heard you say that. I love the Chinese buffet. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. No, you no. Yes, I do. No. Yes, 0% I. do. Zero percent
3: chance this is true.
2: This is like a thousand percent chance. Oh my gosh, like, really? A, like a real guilty pleasure since I started doing this business and you know have scheduled to myself is like you know today I got this meeting and I said well before when we had meetings, um, and I said you know I'll be over in the over in that area over there and the, boy that Chinese buffet over there is good. Oh my gosh. I love a Chinese. You know, one of the things I really like about it, I only eat lunch. That's my only meal of the day.
3: I was going to say, they really like seeing your skinny ass coming. Because they're like, he's getting one plate in. (laughs) One plate and the door. (laughs) No, not really.
2: (laughs) We're going to charge him 11 bucks. But the thing is, when it comes to lunchtime, I am hungry. (laughs) And you know what is great about the buffet? They come up, what do you want to drink? lemonade rock boom, and roll you're eating eating you don't have yes. to sit there and oh my god am I hungry oh I'm hungry where's the waiter oh, yeah. it? it's like you, it is on right then
3: that's my least favorite part about dining is the whole waiting and the ordering and the all of this this is why I like Chinese buffets it's also why I like sushi right not only because well, it's sushi delicious takes some time no you no you well, you know the sushi the trick you want another the sushi trick what's that You go in at 11 to eat lunch. I eat lunch at 11. All right. Notorious early lunch eater. You go in at 11, nobody's in yet. You walk right past the hostess. You sit down at the bar, the sushi bar. Right. You immediately order your order from the sushi chef. You're eating in three minutes. Wow. You're at the door in 10, check paid,
2: See you later. See, we're the, op- the opposite in the fact that since the lunch is my only meal, I really try to kind of put it off as long as I can because, you know. So
3: is it your only meal by choice? Yeah, yeah. It's
2: my only meal by choice. Okay. I had to, I, you know, we don't want to, this, that's a, this is a topic for another podcast. <laughs> it's too long. I just, I, I actually gained weight remarkably easy easily when I was young, even after I started exercising a lot. And so I had to develop a plan. For a while, I was on, the, and I'm not going to go into all the details today, but I was I was really on the Bill Snyder plan. I didn't eat all day, and then maybe I'd have a little something, something, something. That's what Bill Snyder did? That's what he did, yeah. The man didn't eat all day. No. You didn't know this? No. Tell me this. Tell me the story. Oh, everybody. Well, I mean, Bill all Snyder's the, the, State the fans, wizard. All the K-State fans are going, you know, come on, man. You well, know, that, the man, fine. The man, is. he didn't used to eat.
3: Real quick, before you start this, KU alum, gigantic Bill Snyder fan. I would go to K State games with my father in law, and all these, towards the end, everybody's like complaining about Bill Snyder. I'm like, you guys have no idea what you have. (laughs) Whatever he says is right, and just shut your
2: mouth. Well, I wouldn't be surprised in that case if if there were K State fans who, you know, didn't eat all day, and then (laughs) he'd go, he'd order a sandwich or something literally like at 11 o'clock at night. Really? Uh, No food, like all day. And I kinda did that for a while, but then then I got tired of that. But anyway, I, I kind of it, it's in the middle of the day. Maybe I'll have a little snack later on. But yeah, that's my only full meal. Although probably now I can I, ever since I had cancer I can eat a little bit more, so I'm trying to <laughs> try to do that. <laughs> a
3: friend of mine was a coach at KU and he went on the coffee diet is what he called it. They'd start practice at like four AM and he would drink coffee all day and then he would have dinner. And I asked him one time. I said, uh, "I said, Rob, is that healthy for you?" And he goes, "I don't know, man, but I'm losing weight."
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, it, you know, we're gonna have to. As usual, we've gone on. We've we've ran, we've ranted on. You haven't even got to Stanley Kubrick yet, which is what we're oh, never gonna that's talk right. about. That's what we were gonna talk yeah, about. Yeah, maybe we'll do that next time around. But anyway, uh, we're and now I've forgotten what I was gonna talk about. Oh, oh! Every diet works. That's the point. <laughs> now they may they, they may not be healthy ways of eating, and you really are going to gain the weight back. But all these diets they come up with work. I mean, what's a sillier thing than you know the all meat? You oh know, yeah, with the, without the you see the people with the burger and there, yeah. there's no bun. I've I mean, done that. It, it worked people, for me. Yeah, it, I mean all these diets will work to make you lose weight. What you need to find is a life plan. Yep. That and that's however odd my life plan is uh it works i didn't know we were aligned on this what yeah. do you mean that all diets work
3: yeah no that, that uh, you need
2: a life you had to, yeah. you need, you need you need to find a way that you're comfortable eating that you can do all the time
3: exactly and so the word diet actually means what you eat every day right it's become
2: Going on a diet.
3: Exactly. It's become this, like, what is that, a verb? I don't I'm bad at grammar. It's become a thing that you do rather than a thing that is who, you know, what you who
2: do every you day. you are. Right? Yes, exactly. Well, the reason I came up with this diet plan for my life is because I hated going on a diet. And I was a very good dieter. Yeah. But I would just gain the weight back, would celebrate with my go-to-the-Pizza Hut buffet. Yeah. <laughs> that was the end of the diet. And then I'd gain the weight back, and i I get sick of it. And so I said, i got to come up with something that I can do all the time so I don't have to drink V8 and eat uh, celery sticks for a month.
3: The first 30 years of my life, my diet was metabolism, God-given. Right. And then after that, you know, I tried a bunch of things. And, you know, I have first breakfast at 6. I got second breakfast at 9. I got— Small meals. Lunch at 11. I got second lunch at 2. Wow. Right. Then I go dinner at five, six-ish.
2: They say six small meals.
3: I go five, five small meals. And, and they
2: are—they really are small because you're in good shape.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm not in as good a shape as I used to be, but yeah, um, you get older and it's harder. But yes, small meals, you know. Um, my biggest meal is my 11 o'clock lunch because I'm like go. worn out by right. then. You know, I've been working. I get more done by 11 than a lot of people get done all day. And by eleven o'clock, I am smoked. And so, like a good solid meal at 11, 2 o'clock meals, like you know, fistful of cashews, maybe some vegetables or something. You know,
2: that's not really a meal, but but it is.
3: Eh, you know, you get two hundred and fifty calories, 250 right. calories. That's, that's a that's meal. A meal. Right? That's, that's a small meal. That's a small <laughs> meal. And then you go, uh, you know, you have a good a good solid dinner. Nobody cares. The point is, what is the point? Oh, well, the point is that you can't say you don't like a food. When it's a broad food. You can't say you don't like fish. You can't say you don't like Like Chinese Chinese food. food. How about my
2: mom? My mom is the only, and I'll finish with a beer anecdote (laughs) about food. My mom is the only person I've ever heard, and I, I imagine there's others, my mother doesn't like pizza. Have you ever heard of anyone who doesn't like pizza? My dad doesn't like pizza. Wow! Isn't that weird? That's amazing. I mean, it, it, it's it, everybody likes it's How like, do you not like pizza? It's like the food that you can serve. I mean, it, at its simplest form, it's just bread with tomato sauce. They used to have, actually have this thing in Utica, New York that I referenced before. It's called tomato pie. And it was, a, it was an Italian thing. And it, all it was was a big crusty bread with with... Pizza sauce on it. That was it, oh, that and they sounds, sold it. Sounds in, amazing. And they sold it in convenience stores in a, in a nice big block, and it was called tomato <laughs> bread. Yeah, <What>? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. But here's the here's the here's the rub as well. My sister, who I referenced before, my younger sister, youngest sister of two, workout warrior to this day, does boot camp, and she wanted me like recently. Hey Dan, you're getting up early in the morning. Uh, I've heard here. You know, you gotta get off and going off to work. Why don't you do our virtual 5 a.m. boot camp? Like, no, Sounds great. No <laughs> chance. <laughs> I like to work out, but nay, nay. Anyway, at one point, I like to have some beers. Um, really, they, I have a family of general teetotalers. We have a big family. Yeah, me too. And uh, so I would often be sitting around watching television with them, drinking beer. And, uh, and my sister and I have this, you know, workout routine. And I was working, running... 50 miles a week then and not eating much. And and my uh, sister looked at me at one point and said, you know, Dan, people in my family all call me Dan. I don't like the word, name Dan, and they all call me Dan. Okay, uh, Dan. <laughs> and she looks at me and she goes, you know, Dan, you could eat a little bit more if you didn't drink beer. <laughs> and I, I paused. I paused and I said, and your point is? <laughs> So, so yes, uh, you, have, you make your choices. You, you make all, your diet plan in life. Absolutely. We all make our choices, Danny. That's exactly right. So we've got Stanley Kubrick among other things on the bill for next time. Next around. time.: Yeah. So uh, how was your, uh, how was your rattler?
3: It was delicious. It how was: was your,
2: It was delicious.
3: How was your lager?
2: My lager was excellent, and it's about to be it was excellent. <laughs> so here, let's raise a toast, let's clink a glass. Clink and Joe say manana. We
1: hope you enjoyed the latest Danny Clink scale reasonably irreverent podcast. Come back soon for something fresh and new. This podcast was made possible by our great sponsors like the law offices of Kenneth McRae developing a unique strategy for your family law case. Divorce can be civil law, not civil war.